On this week's show, we discuss environmentalism and rainforest preservation with Meredith Shelton from Go Conscious Earth. She shared about her background and her experience growing up at the Farmington Show community. She's also the founder of the Outside Institute at Weiss Acre Preserve in North Carolina. My name is Meredith Shelton, uh, um, formerly Crum on the farm. And uh, the organization that I'm working with is called Go Conscious Earth. And we are working to preserve the rainforest in the Congo. Uh, a dear friend of mine that I've known for 25 years um, is from there and has been working all of this time to preserve his homeland and uh, his people um, in, in the rainforest. It's being destroyed at an astronomical rate uh, by huge multinational corporations, um, a lot of them from China, that are just demolishing the rainforest, and it's just devastating. So, um, so he's found a way to work with the government in the Congo and some of the European um, states to preserve the rainforest and get the rights, the logging rights, so that it can be protected, and working with the indigenous people using indigenous land rights to preserve the rainforest. So one of our main goals is to help the people who live in the rainforest be able to have a right livelihood, uh, clean water, schools, medicine, um, women's initiatives. And all of these initiatives were um, stated by the people that this is what they needed in order to help us preserve the rainforest. They needed to be able to have a livelihood and be able to survive there in the rainforest. And so he was able to work with the indigenous people, the pygmy people, um, and the government to create this incredible document that preserves, so far we've preserved a million acres of rainforest. It's interesting that you mentioned what the people need because um, we just saw a documentary on Netflix that talked about how um, there's burnout of organizations coming from the outside in both the Caribbean and Africa. And, you know, they get money from the government. They get money from the UN. They come in and tell people what they need. They sometimes even compete against local industries. So have you guys faced any of that as you're trying to pursue your mission? Absolutely. And that's um, because our approach is from the people, because Goda is of the people, they trust him, and um, they trust that he has their best interests in mind. A lot of organizations uh, will come in and they will preserve the rainforest, but then they tell all the indigenous people that they have to leave. Um, and then that doesn't create a working environment. So the people have no interest in helping these organizations uh, continue to preserve the rainforest because they just kick them out of their home. So that relationship hasn't been working. There are many studies that have found that when you preserve a rainforest, it actually does better if you keep the people there. The rainforest is healthier if you keep those populations there versus telling everybody to leave. Um, they're one with the rainforest and have been living within it for you know thousands of years in harmony. And so creating an environment where the people actually 
trust that you have their best interest in mind because that's what they want, too. They don't want to cut down the rainforest. They want to preserve it. They want to preserve the animals. They love their home. They're very passionate about it. And uh, so that's why they're excited to actually have a say and, um, and work for their people. Tell us a little bit about your background and how did you get involved with this project? Well, um, I've been, I've known Goda for 25 years. Godi Goda is the founder of Go Conscious Earth. And uh, we met years ago in Chapel Hill. Uh, I've always been interested in preserving the environment and the rainforest and interested in um, doing what I can to help the world, and, you know, in whatever small way that I can. Uh, probably rooted in growing up on the farm and plenty being such a big part of the farm's um, mission in the world. Um, and so that's probably what started it with me. And then when I met Goda and he told me all about his people and where he was from and um, what he was trying to do, I was immediately impassioned by the project and then it's just grown since then if you can describe the work of plenty for those who are not familiar with it it's a nonprofit that got started here at the farm in summertown tennessee but what have you been involved with with them and what is their history well i think just over the years throughout you know starting in guatemala uh back in 74 i think um and just working to help with right livelihood, um, nutrition, and sanitation for communities around the world. Basically, on the farm, we were trying to live in a way that other people could live in the rest of the world, like in a more equal manner. So we were trying to practice what we were preaching, actually growing the food that we consumed actually living um, in a means that was more um, sustainable on a global scale um, and not um, so out of balance um, from what we were seeing in the, the rest of the United States especially. And so we were trying to walk the walk and help in disaster situations or um, just communities in need around the world. So in your website, um, there's um, a tab for Get Involved, and it says um, there's four different levels. There's sustain, donate, party, and invest. And But it seems like they're all financial um, ways of supporting your organization. Is there any other um, initiatives where people can visit and volunteer, or is it mostly through fundraising that you guys help Oh, absolutely. There's, uh, there are many, many opportunities to help. Um, if, you, if someone would like to actually go to the Congo, that's definitely possible. I went in January, and um, it was just incredible. It just reminded me of the farm and growing up on the farm in our community. Um, they, it was one big, huge family, and they were just so incredibly welcoming and um, sweet. It's definitely an adventure. It's in the jungle. It's in the middle of the Congo. Um, so you have to be, you know, pretty uh, strong to, to um, take on such an adventure. But it was 
absolutely phenomenal. So that is definitely a possibility. Satya is um, wanting to go and build a well in honor of, of his sister, um, and hopefully we'll get to do that next year. Um, he's also doing a, a documentary on water, and so this is a would be a great opportunity um, to actually be able to film some of that. So the initiatives that we're doing with Go Conscious Earth are um, sustainable development projects, clinic midwifery projects, uh, nutrition projects, um, education. So there's a very, very wide range, as well as water. Water is our first initiative. So there's a huge range of possibilities and opportunities to volunteer. So that can be through... Um, helping to write grants, um, helping to set up projects if anybody has any knowledge or interest um, in, about, you know, how to go about doing some of these things, um, if anybody has experience or just wants to be involved on any level. It's, it's a great opportunity to actually make a difference from the ground up, you know, like really, really working with the people um, to to preserve the rainforest, which is in all of our best interest, um, as it's the air conditioner for our planet. And uh, if we cut it down, we're all in trouble. So, What is the political climate in Congo right now? Because uh, it's, Congo is not known to be a um, super safe place, especially in the last 20 years. Um, what is happening at this time, and, and is there any concerns for dangerous situations? Well, um, for the past 15 years or so, it's been pretty stable on the western side of the Congo. Um, they, so basically in Lactumba, which is in the west, it's a, you can look it up on, on Google Maps and see a picture of it. It's, it's not on the eastern side where the um, major conflict is happening. Um, which has calmed down a good bit. But the western side and in the Lactumba region, they've never seen war. Um, it's a very isolated community, um, and they've worked together for, you know, hundreds, thousands of years. And so I felt very safe there. Um, going into Kinshasa right now, just because it, it will be an election time, um, could be a little bit unstable, but beyond that, I felt fine just spending a little time in Kinshasa and then going straight to Lactumba. But I probably wouldn't travel around on the east side of the Congo very much. That's where it's uh, less stable. And what's the impression of uh, foreigners in that country? Are they open to people with new ideas or ways to help sustain their um their villages, or there's a little of distrust in the process? Well, I think there's absolute openness. I found that people give, they give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Um, they're going to love you in the beginning, and then if you give them reason not to, then they will close off to you. But uh, for the most part, they don't judge you by the color of your skin or, the, um, or where you're from. Everybody was very, very open and just absolutely lovely. Um, and it helps a lot to be of the community. Um, Godal was raised uh, in uh, one of the villages on the lake, and he was raised to be the chief 
of the village. He was the eldest son of the chief. And um, so he worked with, there was an American volunteer for Habitat for Humanity who came to his village um, and 30 years ago. And he helped this volunteer named Dean helped him build houses in the community. And they worked together for about three years. And then Dean went back to the States. This is when it was Zaire. Um, and he sponsored Goda to move to the States. And so Goda left the tribe, but he felt like he could do more for the tribe from the States. And so ever since then, for the past 30 years, he's been helping the people of the community go to college and have homes and have livelihoods and help them with things that they've needed. So he's very trusted and loved and uh, revered there uh, very much. And so he has great influence as far as that goes. Tell us more about how you protect animals as part of your mission of preserving rainforests, protecting animals, and providing clean water. Okay. Well, this is a, a very diverse region of the rainforest. Uh, this is the only place in the world where bonobos live. Bonobos are uh, pygmy chimpanzees that are very unique to the primate um, species because they don't kill each other. They make love and not war, um, and they're matriarchal. And so they're just absolutely incredible, and we're learning so much from studying them and Hopefully, you know, maybe we, one of these days we can learn how to not kill each other. Um, is, you know, if we can preserve the bonobos. Um, so this is their habitat. This is the only place in the world where you can find bonobos. And so we're working very hard to preserve their habitat um, and to protect them from poaching. There's also wild forest elephants that are there. They're a little bit smaller elephants. Um, there's cheetahs and tigers and all kinds of beautiful zebra-like gazelle creatures, um, monkeys, incredible birds, tropical birds, um, pangolins. I saw this, these amazing armadillo-like creatures, big and little, um, incredible fish. The lake is full of huge fish. Um, really beautiful and unique region that is virtually completely unexplored. So working with the government and um, the people there, has there been any opposition? I know that in South America, whenever people are trying to preserve the rainforest, the big corporations and the government, maybe not everybody in the government, but certain entities in the government, they use... Um, either militia or assassins or uh, other villagers to kind of destroy what people are trying to preserve. Um, has there been any type of violence, opposition, mistreatment as you guys are trying to get this going? Well, not in this region and not with Go Conscious Earth. Um, the Minister of the Environment for the Congo is from this region and is a friend of Goda's. I think he's a cousin of Goda's. And he's worked very hard to 
help this project forward. So he's been just an integral part in this in this whole endeavor, and um, so they've been very cooperative. There's always a bit of negotiating and things that have to happen through the government, um, but fortunately, since Goda has helped a lot of them go to school and get through college, and uh, has a lot a lot of them are family that are in the government that. Um, and so they're very supportive of this project because it's really coming from the people. Um, there are a lot of organizations that have been in the Congo and been trying to do some of these things real well and, um, and schools for years, and they haven't been able to accomplish it because they're not approaching it in the right way. And so they've been very impressed with our projects and are actually trying to get us to to help them drill their wells and um, help them get their projects going. What other organizations are you involved in? Uh, when we met at uh, the farm during the reunion, you gave me a card for Outside Institute at Wise Acre Preserve. Um, what is that organization about? Okay, that is my project. That's a 40-acre preserve of land on the Blue Ridge Parkway that um, I have. I'm trying to, um, I'm creating a, an herbal school, basically. I'm an herbalist, and um, so I would like to uh, preserve that land and open it up to, for other people to come and study and visit and uh, build tiny houses and um, just have this incredible preserve on the parkway. Um, it was basically gifted to me by uh, Swami, who was really incredible um, whole scenario <laughs> that went down. And um, so I was gifted this amazing property, and so I want to be able to share it. So I was born, I lived at the outside inn on the farm, and um, I guess my dad named it that. And when my dad, uh, he was sick, had cancer, and he moved in with me uh, out on my land there, and um, and he, he said it was like the outside inn. And The Wiseacre was also from him, from Michael Crum. So that's where that name came from. So he had a vision of helping me to create this um, this land and this preserve, and um, he just loved it out there. And so that's the my personal project that I'm working on. Tell us about your father, his involvement here at the farm, um, this outside in that I've been here for two years and I'm not familiar with. And what was it like to grow up at, at the farm? Okay, well, my parents, uh, Mary and Michael Crum, um, came over on the caravan, um, and we, and so my brother Chris was born right before the caravan, and then John and myself, Meredith, and um, and my little sister Wakanda were all born there on the farm. Um, the outside in was right at the top of the hill from the swimming hole there. And um, so it's not there anymore. There's another house there. But um, but it was just a, a great little community house. And um, so that was, that was where I lived. Um, growing up on the farm was um, incredible. I feel um, I felt sorry for other kids who didn't get to have that kind of upbringing, that kind of freedom, that... Um, All the friends, all the community, um, I flourished in that environment, and 
it's definitely um, made me who I am, made me open and, um, yeah, I I loved the farm. I learned so much about the world. Um, it didn't feel isolated in that way because I felt like we were connected with the world through plenty, probably. And then and I traveled a lot from the farm when I was younger. Um, I used to go with um, Robin, um, Robin and Robert uh, Power were on the farm there, and so I would travel with them um, as they were going to medical school. And so I got to go off of the farm a lot, and so I got to compare how other kids lived compared to the freedom that we had on the farm. So it was a unique place to grow up, for sure. So Michael was involved with the radio station um, when when it got started in, in the 80s? Oh, he was, he was more, he did the sorghum mill, and um, he fixed chainsaws and I think the logging crew and the pump truck and various things like that. He fixed things. That was his, uh, his deal. My mom worked at the White House and, um, so yeah, but I, I used to do, um, a children's radio show on the weekends with Candace, I believe. Um, so yeah, I used to do the the radio show sometimes just sing children's songs uh, when I was a kid. One other thing that um, that comes to mind here at the farm is um, do do people get the tools they need to be able to um, succeed in the rest of the world? And what were the things that that you were able to take with you to the greater world? And what what is the message that you learned? I know you mentioned that the freedom and the volunteerism, but was there specific things that made an impact and that you were able to share with others? And did you see the farm as either an incubator for, for great minds and great people or, um, you know, the best kept secret in Tennessee? Or do you see it as, you mentioned not feeling isolated, but what has been the impact of the farm on you and on the people that you've met that come into contact with the farm? Probably having a very strong sense of, purpose in life. Um, I spent a lot of time at the clinic and uh, with the midwives, and uh, I was very interested in the health care aspect, and I've carried that throughout my life in nursing and herbalism and uh, midwifery and dueling. Um, so I, I've done that throughout my life, and that's probably been a common theme that started, was that seed was planted on the farm. Um, just, you know, really not compromising uh, a, a right livelihood, something that you could really feel good about doing in the world, um, making a difference, um, just, and also being open to meeting people in the world, never feeling um, inferior or never, you know, just feeling like you were on the same level with um, other people people that you might meet and not being afraid to go up and just talk to anybody or have a conversation with anybody and um, meet that person for who they are and being open to um, and genuinely interested in different people in the world. So getting back to your um, involvement with both organizations, do you ever run across um, 
like burnout from people. You know, here we have quite a few charitable organizations, and you know, you can only hit people up for money so much. Do you guys ever encounter that, or is it in the area where where you guys do your fundraising, people are very uh, able to keep supporting without feeling overwhelmed or feeling too many people coming trying to get uh, funding from them? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard to ask. Um, but I think when people realize that the money is actually really going to help the people, it's not going to administrative costs and it's not going to um, all the, um, you know, a lot of the organizations about a very small percentage actually goes to helping the people and with Go Conscious Earth, it's not like that. And they people who like our personal friends who have contributed, um, and the people that we've met, they really know and believe that the money is going straight to preserving the rainforest and the people and the animals. And I think that's what's unique about it. I think Goda is very unique and honest, and people um, see his genuine nature. And, and also myself, when growing up on the farm, I think we, we have that in common um, and that, that genuine honesty. You know, we all work for free, um, basically, just um, to, because this is what we want to do with our lives. This is the impact that we want to have. And so people seem very willing to support that because it is genuine. Uh, we also get grants and donations from large, larger organizations. Um, so that's what sustains us. And we'd love to find, uh, you know, get more help with grant writing in the future. Do you see a change happening in the world where people are becoming more aware and more interested in helping the environment? Or is it um, a difficult battle and it's kind of struggling to get people on board? Uh, what has been your experience regarding you know, the, the energy and the momentum on, on getting things um, passed and getting things... To, I know that you mentioned some successes that... Uh, Go Conscious Earth have been able to achieve, but overall in the world, do you feel that there is a growing sense of, you know, we need to take care of, of the planet before it's too late? Yes, I think there definitely is all over the world. Um, it's harder to see maybe in the United States, um, but I definitely feel it in, in Europe and other places in the world, um, in India even, and, and in Africa. Um, there, there's a huge um, awakening and awareness. People are seeing the, the climate change. They're seeing their surroundings change. Um, I think the major obstacle is finding organizations that you can trust because there's so many out there. Um, people don't really know what they can do to help. Though so I think the awareness is definitely expanding. And I think people really do want to help. They just don't know how. They don't know the best way to help. So um, I think that is changing, though, um, that a lot of the governmental organizations are getting more active um, with the, um, the climate talks and um, a lot of the funding uh, through um, a lot of the European countries are 
really working hard to preserve the rainforest. So I think more funding is coming up um, from those organizations. So for people that would like to get involved and support your organization, uh, please tell us what's the, the best way to contact you and and get support and get them uh, involved with your projects. Okay. Um, well, you can always go to the website, which is gcearth.org or goconsciousearth.org. Um, we have a Facebook page um, that's just Go Conscious Earth. And then I'm on Facebook as Maisie May. And, um, you know, absolutely contacting me or Godah. He's Godie Godah on Facebook. And a lot of people on the farm got to meet him over ragweed. It was really fun to get to bring him home uh, to meet my tribe. And, um, like, I got to meet his. And so he's a, a easy person to talk to. And um, so that's a great way to get in touch. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, we would love to have you back to tell us about any developments or specific projects that you would like to share with our audience. 